August 10th, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. Six games into the restart, Lakers bad, Suns good, Zion fat, why is this happening? We'll try and figure it out. I'm Andrew, he's Chris, let's go. Okay, Andrew, so like you said in that intro, uh, we're six games in to the NBA restart, uh, and the NBA is in full swing, and what are your thoughts so far? Uh, very happy the basketball is back. Um, zero COVID cases, which is good. Uh, bubbles going as planned. Things are going smoothly. We're on our way to the playoffs. Um, so far, so good. Honestly, I think it's gone about as well as uh, the NBA could have hoped, save for a couple bubble breaches, which... We got a segment uh, for those listeners out there. We got a fun little segment at the end of this podcast about that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think it's been going great. Uh, there's been really good basketball. New guys have been emerging. Uh, shout out to TJ Warren. And um, who is hotter right now, TJ Warren or Damian Lillard? It depends on how you want to phrase that question. I suppose like relative to their general performance, it's got to be TJ Warren because oh, Dame. Yeah. Dame just uh, last night, um, August 9th, uh, put up uh, another 50-point game. That's his 10th of his career. TJ Warren isn't doing that throughout his career, but he's doing it now. Yeah, good time to step it up, I guess. Yeah, I wonder, and it'll be interesting about the Pacers. Um, we can talk about the Pacers more in a bit, but it'll be interesting the Pacers, what they want to do going forward if this TJ Warren uh, emergence is for real, because he could always get buckets, even when he was with uh houston there was always something he could do he can score and now that sabonis is out it creates more room for him to operate and now it begs the question even more whether the miles turner uh sabonis duo is something that is worthwhile to continue for the indiana pacers we'll see how they do i mean it looks like that first round matchup is going to be against the heat uh they're playing the heat right now they're down 73 59 three minutes left in the third Yes, we are taping this on uh, late, uh, late, uh, Monday. What is it today? It's Monday. Yeah. The days just, you just forget what day it is it's, sometimes. It's Corona calendar these yeah, days. You yeah. don't really know. Days, weeks, months, they all kind of yeah. just blend. Monday, August 10th. And, uh, right now the Pacers are playing the Heat. They're getting spanked by the Heat right now. Okay. Well. So point being, maybe TJ puts up good numbers for the rest of the season and the first round. Does that carry over into next year? Maybe. We'll see. Let's see how he does in the playoffs. But... A lot of storylines to talk about uh, in the NBA bubble. Um, Andrew, which ones do you want to talk about first? I ha- I've kind of divided this into uh, four groups. One, we got the Lakers struggles. Yep. Two, we have the 76ers malaise. Yep. Three, we have the riveting race to the eighth seed in the West. Yep. And four, we just have uh, other odds and ends. It's kind of like a bookend thing. Really, there's three topics plus just other observations you want to add, which could include TJ Warren, maybe how the Raptors are playing, how your general observations about the bubble are. What would you like to talk about first? I mean, Lakers clinched number one seed uh, despite losing three games in a row. So uh, Lakers struggles continue um, to sweep them. They've now lost three in a row, as we mentioned. To be honest with you, though, looking at the roster... Not only am I not surprised, but I got to say that I am 
very surprised that the Lakers are the number one seed in the West, given how top-heavy their talent is. Well, it goes to show how good LeBron and Anthony Davis are. And the fact is they have not been playing well in the bubble. Whether that continues, um, I don't believe it will because they're so good. But uh, I have two... I have two comments on the Lakers. I mean, well, kind of three, I suppose. One is, ultimately, this does not matter. And we know with LeBron teams, um, LeBron, especially the end of the regular season, he'll coast a little. When it comes to the playoffs, that's when he turns it on. And you have to give the King the benefit of the doubt to be able to do that again. Although his play is concerning. His play is concerning. The team's play is concerning. And honestly, given how quick the restart was, if you're not playing well, eight games going into the playoffs, I don't see them being able to flick a switch in the first round. That's true. In, like, this sort of sense, like, the separation, the time off between the end when they stop the regular season and now is essentially the same amount of time that you'd have between a normal off season. So you could almost consider this as a new season. New team, new season. How do they look? Teams change season by season. They look bad. <laughs> they look bad right now. They yeah. look really bad. In fact, how bad they look is um, they are the worst offensive team in the bubble, Andrew. 22 teams, including your shit-ass Wizards, your recently eliminated Kings, and also struggling Pelicans, which we can get into. Although they're a fine offensive team. Defense is where they suck. But the the Lakers, worst offensive team in the bubble. By offensive rating, um, they are shooting, they're doing a 98 points per 100 possession, 100 possessions. That is bad. I listened to a stat on the Hoop Collective today by, um, so shout out to the ESPN uh, stat people there. Um, but apparently, there have been 1,800 different five man units played throughout the bubble. So, like any different five man unit, um, that counts as one of them right. throughout the teams. The Lakers' starting lineup is the worst offensive team right now, rating out. Obviously, I mean, there's some with small sample sizes, but whatever. It's the Lakers. They have LeBron, AD, and they're not That should well. be enough to get you out of last yeah, in that stat. You would think so. You but at the same so. time, that tells you how dire the situation is. Now, are the Lakers concerned? I don't know. Is LeBron concerned? I don't know. If I'm a Lakers fan, am I concerned? I am very concerned. Do you know who the first-round matchup is going to be? It could very well be Damian Lillard. Yeah, well, we can get into that in a bit. Um... But I will say this about how concerned I think the Lakers themselves are. I think they're quite concerned. You know how LeBron is. And like, you see that, did you see that quote that he gave the, the other day about message quotes? Yeah. When LeBron's starting to make cryptic messages, what he's like, like he's want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, things are going bad. Yeah. Uh, he does this all the time. Like, remember the, the don't fit in, uh, don't fit out, fit in type thing yeah, with like Kevin Love. Um, it's LeBron trying to get ahead of what is going to be a unexpectedly bad finish. Well, he season. sees it coming. He sees the fact that like, oh crap! And he didn't see this coming the regular season when they were somehow blazing through these garbage teams and putting up good numbers with no doubt. Well, they were winning against good teams too. But I think two things have borne out is the fact that maybe we underestimated how good, uh, I not good, important Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo were right. to the Lakers, who are very notably weak at the guard spots. I mean, basically, the front office has exchanged Avery Bradley uh, for Dion Waiters and Rajon Rondo for J.R. Smith. What if it was the reverse? What if I think that Avery Bradley was exchanged for <laughs> J.R. Smith? Either way, it doesn't matter how you <laughs> want to spill it. It's it's terrible every, every, every yeah, way. It's, it's not good. 
it's, it's not really good. not good. It started, they had a big win against the Clippers right away in the first game of the bubble, and that was fun uh, for them. But then they played the Raptors, and the Raptors' defense suffocated them, and uh, particularly made LeBron really work, and AD kind of had a passive game. And it's kind of continued since. Danny Green is ice cold. Yeah, like, of course. These these big shooter guys, they can shoot you into games. They can shoot you out of games. Mm-hmm. They can go on cold stretches. They can go on hot streaks. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma is doing... Nothing. Kuzma sucks. I'm not a Kuzma fan. I'm not a particularly Kuzma fan as well. I don't think he sucks, but like, I mean, this what happens... What does he do well? What does Kuzma do well? He has a really terrible all-around game. He does everything, none of it good. He is a bad version of an inefficient... Uh, bucket getter like he's a bad version of Rudy Gay let's put it that way but like, at least Rudy Gay gets buckets well yeah that's why it's a bad Cruz version of is it. their third best scoring option who doesn't score he's a small forward power forward type he doesn't work well with that team ultimately I think he will be traded I think eventually yeah um because one even though he's young I don't think his his uh peak like, I don't think his potential is a star level I think he'll have a nice career when it's all said and done I just don't know where he fits in. He doesn't have the he skill set of a there. small forward. He doesn't have the skill set of a power forward. He needs the ball in his hands. To, he, he's not a guy who can he kind needs of to play go off to the a ball. Bad, he needs to go to a bad team and just work through some growing pains as he just chucks up shots. Yeah. That is what his near-term yeah. future is. But it's not with the Lakers. But right now, he's with the Lakers. The team, I don't think, works. And I was... Uh, in our previous pod about bubble questions, I mean, one of my number one questions was... Was LeBron's supporting cast better? I mean, good enough, I should say. Good enough to win a title. And we kind of left on, like, I don't know. Uh, We'll have to see. And we'll still have to see, but it's not looking good. And more concerning is the fact that LeBron's not looking good. LeBron's not looking good. I don't know if he's coasting because they have clinched. He does coast like that. He does coast, but he coasted a little bit last year. Try and get them in to the playoffs. At well, the he end. got hurt with his groin. He got hurt, but he came back and he was going to try and make a push to get him into the eighth seed. And it didn't happen. That was a bad team too. This team isn't much better. Well, it's better in the fact that they have AD, and instead of missing the playoffs, they're first. I don't know how that happened though. I'm I'm astonished that they're sitting in first right now, given their roster. Well, I mean, when you have AD and LeBron, that hides a lot of your mistakes. I um, guess. Danny Green, Dion, and Jr. Some of the streakiest shooters yeah. in the league. They could they could easily win you a game. They can win you a series, or mm-hmm. they can blow right. the first round for you um look i mean ultimately this is a little bit alarmist i think they'll be all right but what it does put a damper on is the fact like when you have lebron james your goals are championship or bust yeah right and i think it's looking bust it's looking bust i think they're the number one seed in the west but i don't think a lot of people truly think they're the best team in the west i think they look at teams like for example the clippers the west is gonna be interesting to be fair i think it's gonna be interesting but what you can come out of this and saying like the lakers Definitely not the unquestioned best team. Likely not even the best team. Like, when it comes down to it, it may not be the second best team, third best team. They're going to be in a dogfight, and it's going to be tough. Who do you take today in a series, Lakers, Blazers? I'd take the Lakers still because at the end of the day, the Blazers still have no one to guard LeBron. And not that great goes both, options That goes guard. both ways. Who's guarding Lillard? You're right. But LeBron's the better player. But you're right. I mean... It'll be a very tough series. And even if the Lakers come out of it, which I think they will, um, it'll be a tough series and they may be banged up by the time they get to the second round. I think this bubble is a nightmare scenario for the Lakers. And I see them 
losing, like, in the second round. I mean, their second round opponent is Houston. Like It could be bad. I mean, unless they, at least they completely surprise us, turn things around, go back to Lakers of the regular season. That's very stereotypical LeBron as well. Um... But look, you listen. You, Mel's playing you good. Don't like McCollum's playing good. <laughs> Lillard's on fire. Okay, Nurkic is playing good. I would pick Portland today. Beat the Lakers, and I'm a LeBron oh, fan. Come on, I'm I, jumping on the bandwagon. You are. I think they're yeah. a really good team. But dude, man, like I mean, these are the guys. They're leg- these are legitimately the guys they're throwing at LeBron. Gary Trent Jr., who's had a nice little like run in the bubble, but he's not a LeBron stopper. He's not that size that they need. Carmelo. LeBron's friend, but Carmelo is like not known as defender to begin with, and uh, I mean he's not the Carmelo of old. I'm just saying the way the two teams are playing right now, I don't like what I'm looking as a Laker fan. I don't know, man. You you've said it before. Never doubt the king. That's true. Never doubt the king. I'm not gonna. Doubt I him think, the, I'm not gonna doubt him this year, but I am a little concerned. It is concerning. I think it just means that they're not as good a team, and a lot of pundits thought that as well. I mean, if you look at the roster just objectively before they went out and won first one first place. There are serious concerns, like AD LeBron. You're going to be really good for the most part. But when it comes down to, like, are you championship level, who the hell else do you have? And the answer is no one. And the answer is they're going to get no one otherwise because LeBron forced his franchise to sell everything they had to get AD. And now he has AD, and now he's in this situation, and I think he's starting to realize, like, this is not as good as I was hoping it would be. Uh, Jerry Smith has four points in a three-game stretch. Well, yeah, that's not good. Deion Waiters is playing a little well, but... Yeah, he's getting some buckets. But yeah, the point is, they're in trouble. But Deion Waiters is also the ultimate unprofessional. Yeah, take a edible on a plane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, last time we saw Dion, he was on the Heat. Uh, he was suspended three times by the Heat organization and Pat Riley between October and Christmas Day. First suspension... Complaining from the bench during the preseason finale. Suspended. Second suspension. OD'd on a weed gummy on the plane. That wasn't his last suspension? No. Third suspension. Continued insubordination. Continued gummy use? <laughs> no more gummy use. Can you <laughs> I, imagine, like, you're Pat Riley, you used to coach Showtime, and now you look back on your team jet and you got Dion Waiters ODing on a gummy bear? Well, it's not really ODing, he's just freaking out. Yeah. Well, you can't OD on gummies, but let's not go... I'm he, just saying, like, that's that's that should not be happening. Yeah, no. Still got a pretty, pretty good team. Pretty funny, though. But, look, anytime, like, you're suddenly relying on Dion Waiters, not good. It's not good. No. And they're in a situation where they're going to have, their literal guard lineup is looking like Alex Caruso, J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, um, Quinn Cook. Uh, I don't know, who are their other guards? Do they have a, Danny Green, who, like, has been bad. Has been straight up bad, and that's it. It's bad, man. It's it's scary. It's scary. Like they're reaching their worst case scenario. They'll still be a good team, but they're reaching their worst case scenario where literally their team is just LeBron and AD. The hope was that it would be LeBron AD plus maybe enough. Some guys get spunky. Yeah, I mean you're hoping Rondo still has a bit left in him if he didn't get hurt. You hoping yeah. Avery Bradley's available they were were important to them that's what it's like like i said earlier that's showing like dwight's had a great year for them but great relative to what you were expecting well some people believe that like so you know how like the lebron said that cryptic message about there's some things going on in here but i don't want to get into it it's like dude 
you're the one that brought it up in the first place. We don't even know. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are you lighting the fire? But we weren't asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> but why? What do you think he's talking about? Well, some people think he's talking about Dwight. D- Dwight is the type of person that people can't stand him. There's a reason why he goes team to team to team. He is yeah. universally disliked. But see, I thought at this point Dwight was like repairing his image as a bad teammate. Can't change the fact that if you're like a uh, kind of a doofus. I guess. Apparently he's just, from what I understand, is he is just so annoying. Right. Like, I mean, he came into the league as a high school guy, and I believe he has never left that high school mindset. Yeah. Could um, be a lack of maturity there for sure. Huge. Also, Dwight, low key, I don't know if you knew this, 10 children with eight baby mamas. I did not know that. Yeah, that guy is paying a lot of child support. Wow. 10 children, eight baby mamas. That is unbelievable. I mean, gets boys, around. Boys, boys living the life. Yeah. How many teams did he play for? Um, Orlando, Lakers, Houston, Washington, Washington. There's two Was stints. There an Atlanta Lakers. stint. There's Atlanta. Oh, um, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying not... to see if the number of teams he's played for is matched up with the number of baby mamas. I think uh, it's pretty close. Yeah, but I think most of them are Orlando. Um, but yeah, look, it's not most of what are Orlando. Like you know where the baby mamas are living. Yeah, this is what I spend my time doing. I, Man, I, this uh, is some in-depth... I don't even know where I would go to find this stuff. Google, it's a great place. So if the Lakers were in trouble before, with Dwight and his eight wives, they're definitely in trouble now. Yeah, I'm looking at a thing now that's talking about his baby mamas. It literally lends... Oh my god, it gives them a number. Like, number one, number two. Is this by rank, or just by order that he met them? I don't know. When is this dated? I might have been off on this baby mom account. It's still pretty big. It says, at 32, the NBA star is till, still unmarried. However, he is the father of at least five kids with five different women. I like how it says at least five kids. Yeah. Total it's like, number he doesn't unknown. even know. Nobody knows. Hard to say. Dwight's an interesting guy. Oh, one of them died. One of who died? One of his baby mamas. Oh, man. This oh, is, man. Uh, this is not this where is I thought the pod was going to go. Yeah, we should we should move on. I think anything else on the Lakers? This is kind of a weird spot to end, but yeah. Okay, it looks like I was wrong. It looks like he has um, five baby mamas. So that's still a good number. That's See, I've checked amount. two sources now. Five baby mamas. That's what they told me in high school. You got to check at least two sources to confirm right. your right primary sources. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. What's next? I want to choose the next one, and I really want to talk about the 76ers and uh their malaise and how they're kind of fucked because i personally find this amusing yeah i mean not so this year's a write-off uh simmons broken knee had just had surgery he's done for the year mm-hmm. no way he's coming back uh Embiid also is out with an ankle injury twist his ankle last night for those out listening indefinitely so classic well, yeah but that's not that's classic not... dwell Embiid on the injury list yeah, but I mean, that's he's coming back. The point is that this is a team that has royally fucked up their roster construction. Talk about the process and then the end of the process, they fucked everything up. Like, now they have zero assets really to trade other than their best players. Because once they got Elton Brand, Elton Brand went on a trading spree and traded everything they had for Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, they had J.J. Redick, and then they got rid of their best players. They signed Tobias Harris over um, over Jimmy Butler. That was a mistake. They should have kept... No, but Jimmy was Jimmy was on his way out. He wanted nothing to do with that franchise. Well, no, but had they given him the full max, he would have. Think so? Uh, yes, yes. That's, um... He made it pretty adamant that he was not happy with the effort around him. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, like, look, Joel Embiid's your best player 
Um, I mean, you can quibble if Ben Simmons is better, but most people think Joel, Joel is. But I don't think he's a very professional person. Embiid? Yeah. No, he's a clown. He is a clown. Yeah. But not only... I don't mind his on-court antics, to be honest. I kind of find them funny. Yeah. But you got to back it up. I think when you... I mean... But his numbers are good. Yeah, but they're going down, first of all. His numbers are good, but... You just don't see it. Like, why are you taking stupid threes all the time? Like, he should be more dominant. He should be more dominant if he was more focused. I think there's some there's some body language issues you see with it. I don't think people like him very much. I don't think... I, I just... From looking afar, I don't think he's a very well-liked person on the team. And then, like, right away, like, that team's got issues. Right away, first game, they talk about, like, they're moving Ben Simmons to four, which I think is his future position anyway. Frankly, I think he's actually a five. They got to get him out of Philly. I think he and Joel Embiid play the same position. I think Ben Simmons' future, okay, for real well, success, is a playmaking five. Let me ask you this, given what you just said: if Joel comes back and they have success without Simmons for the rest of the year, does that change what the Sixers do going forward with Simmons? I think they give it another run. I just think they do, and I think they try to maybe move off the Al Horford contract, which has not worked out. It was a poor decision from the get-go, in my opinion, but. Um, what if they just torch the playoffs? What if they just blow through two, three rounds with Embiid with no Simmons and they just decide, come next year, we're going to ship Simmons off before the season if starts? If they do that, they might consider it because the roster is poorly constructed. They have I'm very saying. good I'm players. I'm saying this gives an opportunity for the Sixers to really evaluate what this team looks like without Simmons on the court. That's true. They've had opportunities, but they've had opportunities in the past to... Uh, evaluate how the team looks without either one of the stars. And the fact is that there is both stars flourish without the other. And team-wise, there's not really a drop-off, if any, because both of them, they're both tremendous talents, but they hinder each other because they don't mesh well. And the problem is they're still your best two assets and you want to figure out what you want to do. Like you can't just get rid of a guy to get rid of a guy, right? right. Like you have to find something that makes sense. But, but this Philly, is going to be a big market for Simmons. Yes, but what are you getting back? What are you getting back? Like, who is the guy? They need a guard. They need a guard, right? Like, that's what they really but need. I think if you move Ben Simmons, you can get a couple shooters and a half-decent point guard. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Do you want to send... I don't really agree with... Philosophically, with send, like getting four quarter, like four quarters for a dollar, you know? Sending Ben Simmons away, the star, and getting some bit players... Who can shoot a bit? I don't know. It's a tough deal to make. The point is that they had put themselves in this scenario. Had they kept J.J. Redick, had they kept Jimmy Butler, um, they would look a lot better because even if Ben Simmons with his lack of shooting, he's still a tremendous defender. He's still tremendous in the open court, and you can use that talent better. He just wouldn't like be putting up huge, huge stats, but he'd still be a very important player on a good team. I don't know. I think this team is, there's some issues there. I don't think they have the right coach as well. I mean, I don't know why. Like, why is it that the fact that they haven't told Embiid, like, if you shoot another fucking three at the start of a at the start of a, a shot clock, you're getting your ass off the court? Because like, because he called their bluff. I would do it. You have to do it. I think you got to give that guy some tough love. One of the reasons why the Raptors beat them in the second round, for example, was Embiid would just chuck up these awful brickish like three pointers. Like, yeah, man, you're seven foot three. You're dominant inside. Shoot as many threes as you want. If you make one out of five, that's fine. Like, yeah. we'll live with that. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting, though, about Simmons and Embiid is that their ideal scenario is exactly the same, and yet they're such different players. Ideally, Simmons would be surrounded with shooters, as would Embiid. That's true. That's true. 
So Simmons could thrive in another scenario where he's surrounded by shooters, and they could end up moving Simmons for a bunch of shooters, and they could both be better off without each other. That's true. Um, slightly different context. I think if you're building a team around Simmons, you want to mold it after current day Milwaukee. Simmons is kind of like a worse version of Giannis, right? Big, tall right. guy, like can handle a bit. Doesn't isn't a great shooter. Giannis is a better shooter than Simmons, obviously, but good playmaker, and he can score in the open transition, and like generally physically dominant. Um, and also good defensive player. Embiid is more like 9 like those Magic teams with Dwight Howard, right? right? Um, but both, surround them with shooting. That's what you got to do, and I think neither one is best served being on that team, and I think ultimately their future is apart from each other. Uh, I'm just wondering if that happens sooner rather than later if the Sixers actually finish the season off half decent. I don't know. I don't know how... Listen, if Simmons comes back next season... If it was me... You're getting the exact same result. If it was me, I would be willing to make a big move. Like, right away next year. But I don't know how willing the front office would be for that. But it's painfully obvious to any NBA fan to know that this team, despite its, like, talent on paper, doesn't work uh, uh, in uh, in practice. It is not the sum of its parts. And it needs a rejig. Uh, Miami, Indiana, and Philly are only separated by a game. It's it's embarrassing and despicable. It's very unacceptable the fact that like the 76ers are worse than Indiana and not only still like still worse than Indiana. Everyone thought like Indiana lost Demontis Sabonis, one of their best players. Like, oh yo, like Philly's gonna probably take him and then take on the Heat in the four five seed. Nope, nope. 76ers just gonna keep keep being a train wreck. Although they're very fun to watch just from the outside, like fighting first game, all this, like all this malaise. I don't know. It's funny to watch a team kind of be a trade wreck, but at the same time, they have a lot of good basketball players, and I hope that they kind of get free of themselves. You know? As as much as they're struggling, and now with Sims going down, that's going to be another big hurdle. It's not a great matchup for the Celtics in that first round. Well, yeah, okay, if... Because the Celtics lost their Embiid stopper, which was Al Horford, who's yeah. now on the 76ers. Like that's what um, I'm saying. As bad as this looks for Philly, landing Boston might be their best chance of getting through the first round. Maybe. I mean, I texted you this, those listening. Uh, I texted uh, Andrew this when Ben Simmons went down. And I said, like, I don't think this drastically changes their outlook in the bubble right now. Because right. I never saw them as a championship contender, even at the start of the season when a lot of pundits were, like, proclaiming them as a... Uh, potential finals uh, uh, finals contender like give me a fucking break these guys can't shoot um, you need floor spacing and um, now without Simmons you can just go full bore with uh, Embiid at the five give that man the ball down low if he stays down low yeah <laughs> and just surround him with like some of your more skilled players with more touches Tobias is very able to handle the offense. yeah he can be a, he can be a good second fiddle like yeah. a solid second fiddle but mostly it's let that big man eat like, I can foresee a scenario where no one in Boston can take and beat at all. And you can average, like, 32 points, 15 boards in a series. I mean, when the guy is on, he is absolutely dominant. Absolutely. But I think he, fa- he, he drifts in and out. And I don't like the consistency. I don't like his general level competitiveness on a day-to-day basis. He's also very injury-prone. Yeah, that's he's been pretty good recently, though, right? Like, I mean, other than the well, sprained ankle. recently other than yesterday. Sprained ankles happen. I'm talking about, like, what you're really concerned about is foot injuries and knee injuries, which he's had in the past, and he has not had those in 
recent seasons. But yeah, look, if you're a 76ers fan, this is a very disappointing team, and they aren't going anywhere far anytime soon. But I thought we were supposed to trust the process. Well, the process is done. It was done the second they got rid of... uh, they got um, Brian Colangelo in there, and he started making moves. It was definitely done once Elton Brand came in there, because Elton Brand put that shit on fast forward. Yeah. And now they have very few assets. But they got some good players. They'll be fine. But not a championship contender, not anytime soon. Okay, Andrew, so let's uh, switch to what is probably the most interesting storyline of the bubble, considering that most playoff teams have already locked up their seeds, and a lot of the the uh, playoff matchups are kind of preset, but this is the race to the eighth seed uh, in the West. Right. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that if the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, then we go to a play in round, which consists of the eighth seed having to win one game and the ninth seed having to win two in a row. That's uh, yeah, that's correct. So basically like, uh, the 8th and ninth seed will uh, play off, and uh, since, as of this recording, um, it's guaranteed that there's going to be a playing uh, play play game, Yeah. Um, which is what the NBA kind of wanted. They set it up so almost certainly there would be at least one playing uh, one playing game yeah, set up sure. in the in the West particularly. So right they now set it, they set it up for Zion, and we can get into like how disappointing that is. But uh, they wanted at least like a chance. Uh, a uh, little extra drama. But yes, you're right. The eighth seed only needs to win one. Right now that's Memphis, but they may well lose uh, that spot because Portland, Phoenix, somehow, and the Spurs are hot on their tail. And um, One game between Memphis and San Antonio right now. Yeah, one game between Memphis and San Antonio, one game between Memphis and the Suns, and half a game between Memphis and the Portland Trailblazers. It's going to come down to the wire. They're all going to have to keep winning games. Memphis very well may not end up being the eighth seed. And, um, I, I mean... I honestly don't think they will. Yeah, I mean... I think that, Portland's that a better, plan, like Portland's a better team than them. If Portland's they were a better the, team, and right now Phoenix is a better team than Memphis. Memphis is struggling in the bubble, and I don't are. know what is going on with the Suns. And also Memphis just lost... Uh, Maybe their second best player, third best player, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Um, tough loss for them. Um, but yeah. Uh, Here's what Adam Silver and the NBA wanted to happen. They wanted Pels to enter some sort of a play-in round with an eighth seed. Maybe they were the eighth seed, maybe they were the ninth. They wanted them to then win that play-in round and match up with the Lakers for the first yes. round. They wanted LeBron versus Zion. And I'm sure the Lakers wanted LeBron versus Zion because it would have been an easy matchup against the Pelicans. Yeah. It also would be an easy matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies. What is not an easy matchup would be against the Portland Trailblazers, which we kind of touched on earlier, but now it's time to talk about that a little bit more. The fact that Portland is playing lights out because they have all their players back and they're a really good team this is a team that made the conference finals last year that wasn't a joke they're a they're a consistent playoff team dame and cj great tandem nurkic works really well with them now they have Whiteside coming off the bench best Um, player on the planet today is damian lillard hard to argue with that yeah yeah like it's just what he's doing right now is unbelievable the way he's pulling his team through i think he's just tired of not getting the respect he deserved I think a lot of people respect him, but... <laughs> but you got to think, through his career, he has been underappreciated. 
undervalued. Yeah, when you're at a small market, um, you're not going to get as much attention. But the nice thing about Dame is the fact that I don't. He doesn't really care about that. He would like it, I'm sure anyone would. But that's not what he's about, right? He's just about trying to get it done, as he put it in that tweet, like staying on the grind and not running away from it. Yeah. As he claims Paul George does, and uh, can't really argue with him there because. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind a good, of does that, that a little good bit. Jab, good jab at, yeah, at oh yeah. Paul G. He, he got a good jab in there. But this is, for the rest of the bubble, this is what it's coming down to. Because teams are clinching, not only they've already clinched their playoff spots, but they clinch their spots in terms of seeding. Milwaukee's clinched first, Raptors have clinched second, Boston's clinched third. I mean, the West, like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Lakers, Clippers, I mean, I don't think, the, I don't know if the Clippers have clinched number two yet, but... Look, it's it's kind of going to be the way it is, but that eighth seed is what is keeping uh, things interesting. And, I mean, there's a lot of storylines here. We just touched on the excitement that is Portland's run back to the playoffs, and I think they will, frankly, I think it's going to be Portland that does do it. They're the best team out of those by far, and um, yeah. they have all the momentum. They have the best player. They're um, the best team in the West right now today. Hard to say that just because of the different uh, goals of certain teams. Like the Clippers, for example, uh, they don't need to win any games, right? They're stuck pretty much yeah, where they are. Yeah, I know. But it's neither, hard to say that, but I see Lakers, what you're saying. But yeah, you said it yourself uh, earlier. Uh, might have been on this pod or a different pod or just talking to me in person. But you said that there's been four and a half months between when the NBA stopped and when it restarted, which is pretty much the typical offseason. I so said you, that earlier this pod, so yeah. I guess you can't remember 30 minutes. No, I can't. <laughs> I have selective memory. Stay off the weed. The weed. Duh. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> but going back to my point, if this was the start of next season and Blazers were playing the way they're playing, Lakers were playing the way they're playing, Clippers the same, you would have no problem saying, yeah, Blazers are the best team in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely... They've showed out yeah. um, in their games. And they've had to, though. Like, they were coming back. Like, they were so behind the eight ball. And yeah. they've put themselves, credit to them, they put themselves in a position where they can now make the play-in round. They may be the, they may be the eighth seed in the playoff play-in round, so they'd only have to win one game. But frankly, if, even if they were the ninth seed, if you do, as it is now, Memphis 8, Portland 9, like, they're winning Dame, two games. Yeah, Dame yeah. and CJ have been in all big games. This Memphis would be has no the response. biggest. Think about the biggest. Like how many players on Memphis? This would be the biggest game of their life. Pretty much everyone but Jonas. Jonas. Right. And I mean, you're not living or dying by Jonas as much as I do love him. Yeah. That's... He'll get a couple like he'll get a couple like good moves in there. Maybe a couple and one where you're like no. <laughs> <laughs> that is my that is my impression of Jonas. His. He sounds like an ogre sometimes. I wonder if he would appreciate your impression of himself. I don't know. I don't really care. I guess not. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, yeah. Portland, good. Memphis, not so good right now. Maybe they'll turn around. Probably not. Uh, I think I think Portland gets that eighth seed. Yeah. What's interesting is going forward as an incentive to some of the teams that aren't in the top eight and not as competitive normally, do we see the play-in round as something that continues. Yes. You think so? I think in these types of things, uh, if you look through like league histories, expanded playoffs, for example, in a lot of different sports, when they try to do these things, typically it creates extra buzz and they just keep it. 
I mean, you look at like baseball is a very poignant example. They're very reticent to expand their playoffs, but then they did the wild card games and those one game wild card games. Suddenly, like, oh my god, everyone's tuning in. These are super exciting. They're yeah. going to do the same thing. And often the separation between the 8th and ninth seed is very small, and they're both kind of crummy teams anyway. Screw it. Just add a little extra excitement. I think it stays. I think it stays too. And honestly, I'm not sure if it's going to look the exact same next year. Like, I don't think I bet have... they. I bet they... Uh... I think they can incorporate, like, the ninth, 10th, maybe the 11th seed. Stagger them out, right? Make the 11th, make it more challenging to get in. But you've got to keep them engaged. That'll stop your tanking problem. A little bit, yeah. Um... I think the most they'll do with those playing rounds, I could see the bottom two seeds being up for grabs. Sure. But, yeah, I think this is here to stay. More games, more money. Exactly. Everybody likes it. Suddenly this is, the players in this this is bad an team. extra nationally televised game. It's an extra, pl- it's extra playoff games. It's an extra playoff round. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I see it staying, especially because yeah. I, I do believe it's going to get good reception from fans. What's not to like? More really contentious, like, games i mean right plus it makes the final games of the regular season more important because say you are the 10th seed but you've been playing great basketball leading up through april mm. all of a sudden you're playing great basketball against the one seed you have a better shot than maybe the eighth seed who started hot and kind of faded mm. near the end i, I like mean it. if we're talking about stopping tanking my favorite my favorite idea is the quote-unquote gold plan have you ever heard of this this sounds familiar um basically the idea is Starting at the time that your team is eliminated from the playoffs, it, right. how, how many wins you have from there. But doesn't so that it just incentivize them, you to lose quickly? Why would you want to do that, though, if you have a Because if you lose quickly, then you have more games to try and win more games. Okay, yeah, but, I mean, teams are trying to lose... If you're already a tanking team, teams are trying to lose quickly. They're trying to lose all the games, basically. It still proves hard. If you're a really bad team, the point is, if you're a really bad team... You're going to be eliminated early, but you're still not going to get a lot of wins, probably. So it's going to incentivize like you trying to be at least a little moderately more conse- but I, competitive. Listen, you and I have played basketball. Like I got to think that the players on the court are always trying to win. Exactly. That's the tanking why it, comes from the front office. Exactly. That's why but, it's tougher to tank than right, you Right, but if you're think. a bad team and all of a sudden you've been mathematically eliminated, what is the front office really doing differently to that roster at that point? Nothing. They may buy Which, which means the outcome <laughs> they may is going to be the same. Well, well, no, because no, it's not. Because it's the same players with the same incentive. No, no, you're. You, I think you're misunderstanding the concept. I don't think I am. As it's soon not as you gonna get be, eliminated, it's not going to be the same. Uh, it's not going to be see the the same outcome. Uh, say, for example, bring up the the worst team ever, which was like the what 2010 Charlotte uh, Charlotte Bobcats, whatever that Charlotte team that won like six games. Yeah. Something. Look, they were st- mathematically limited from the playoffs first out of anyone right right but they didn't win that many games after they may have won like three to four but a team that's mathematically eliminated later if they win more games than charlotte they are ahead of them in the lottery standings yes that is how it works yes i understand exactly but so charlotte was eliminated first how does that make them win more games than they normally did it incentivizes them not to tank so hard because that is a problem if the NBA sees that a problem, it incentivizes teams to be like, look, we can't just completely tank. It would take away the process, the Philadelphia process, for example, because they'd be like, we can't completely tank because we won't be good enough. What it might do is make teams tank at the start and then the trade deadline buy, which would be interesting. But um, it just changes the uh, it changes the incentives and I'm just, the, I'm the just, game. I'm just curious if you had backdated that strategy and seen like 
how that would have played out if the seedings act if the lottery picks would have actually been different. I guarantee you they would have. They would have been different. They they definitely would have. I know. We'll see. The point is like it's just not a game about generally losing, so you kind of have to try a little bit more. But I don't know if it'll ever happen. It's just like kind of a that's a pipe dream. But anyway. Um, Play in round will keep going. It's a good idea. I think it's almost certainly going to keep going. Uh, speaking of the playing round, so we kind of touched on this a little bit, and uh, I'll give you a chance to rant a little bit, Andrew, because I think I don't even know what you're about to let I me think, rant about. Well, when I say it, I think you're going to be ready to rant, and that is that this playing round was set up for the Pelicans and really set up for Zion Williamson, who has shown up to the bubble looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Zion is on a minutes restriction. He is in early 20s on a minutes restriction. Early 20s? He is 20. That right. is as early 20s as yes. you get. <laughs> yes. He is at the cusp of the beginning of his early 20s. What is the issue? Well, he showed up once again out of shape. Overweight. Uh, put those two, two things together. Injury prone. They put him on a minutes restriction because he didn't have the stamina to keep up later in the game. Don't you play? It's not just the stamina. It's the fact, I mean, to be slightly fair to him, it's not just the stamina. Like, I think he has decent stamina, but it's the fact that he's way too heavy, which doesn't give him too much credit. But I think that's a circle. I think he it's, has no stamina because he's way too heavy because he's out of shape, which means he has he's on the minutes restriction. Andrew, if you were a first overall pick and you would had... Would you be a professional and would I have a six-pack and would I be in great shape? Yes. Yes to all of your questions. For, um, for those listeners out there, um, Andrew actually right now just has a six-pack for no reason other than he likes it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even a professional athlete. That's I just not keep even, my, that's I not, like the general well-being of my health is important to me. That's not even a joke. This guy somehow managed to stay real lean. If he was a first overall pick... I would look like I'd be very professional. Yeah, he would look very professional. Professional athletes, I think at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, you have to show up in shape. You have... What do you ev- mean first overall picks? I think at the bare minimum, if you're a professional athlete... You should show up in shape. Yeah, like, I mean, you have everything at your disposal. Training facilities, nutritionists, uh, team cooks. There is no reason for you not to have a picturesque body coming to the NBA You should season. look like an Adonis. You should look like Andre Iguodala. Yeah, as best as much as you could. Everyone has different bodies. I mean, Zion's not... He'll never look like Andre Iguodala because he's going to have a thicker, lower half. But even He's Charles- always going to have a large waist. But look... There's no six pack underneath. Like there's no six pack underneath that jersey. I guarantee you, if you like sat a little bit, there's gonna be some rolls. Like six six two eighty five. He's the third heaviest player in the league at six mm-hmm. six. Vince Carter was six six. Is he two eighty five? I assure you. <laughs> I don't know what Vince Carter weighs. Vince Carter, if you are listening, I'm a big fan. But also, call us in with your weight. I don't know what it is, and I'm not gonna look it well, up. Well, you know what? Vince Carter definitely stayed in shape because he managed to play till he was forty two. I mean, he's the ultimate journeyman. Four decades, 22 seasons. If Zion stays the way he is right now, guess when he's not playing to? He is not playing until he's 42. He he's might not playing until play he's 32. Like, he might not play until he's he 22. He might not make 22. Yeah, like 284, jumping the way he does, how many plays away from blowing his knee is he? I know, that's... It's it's scary. It's scary in the sense that, like, he is obviously so athletic, and it's scary where his body is going because... One thing about these NBA players when you draft them young is you project where the body's going to go. But guys, I mean, you develop as in your 20s and you your body can change. Some guys might become more heavy set. Some guys may continue in their lean, the but leanness. One thing is for sure, whether you're an athlete or you're just average Joe, it does not become easier to get in shape as you age. No, 
No, and Zion, like, it's painfully obvious. Zion's the type of person, I think body weight's going to be a struggle for him his entire career because he's clearly someone who just very easily puts on mass. And yeah. not good mass. Not good for basketball mass. Maybe right. good for football if he was a defensive lineman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, but he is, he will have to work hard at this. Um, and when he's retired, he can go on TNT and like blow up like a balloon, like, like guys Sir like Charles, Sir Charles and Shaq do, and then yeah. maybe go on your, but become like, a, become a weight loss, uh, spokesperson for a little bit and lose some weight. Yeah. But the point is during your playing career, this is going to have to, this is very clearly going to have to be an issue that is monitored for him for a while until he proves that he can manage his weight. And I don't know if he's the type of guy that can, because if you look at his body, like he puts on, he packs on pounds quick. He's got those really thick thighs. Yeah really wide waist, big ass, like he is going to keep the weight on. You just need to make sure that he can be as lean as possible. You need to put him on a, a strict diet. I don't know what he was eating during the quarantine, oh, but everything. I guarantee you he was, was not a lot everything. of carrots and celery. Yeah, dude, he ate everything he saw in quarantine. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. And like, in all seriousness, it makes me a little bit upset because you look at the opportunity that has been given to this kid. And obviously he worked hard to get where he was. He's very talented and I get all that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of luck goes into making it in, as a professional athlete yeah. and a lot of help from outside, you know, whether it's family or friends or coaches that gets you through to this moment. I expect a certain level of professionalism from somebody in his position getting paid to do what For he's sure. doing. And it just upsets me because if you, can you imagine Jordan, LeBron, Kobe coming in to a season looking 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight? Well... I mean, we all know how much work LeBron puts in the gym because he's posting it all over the internet. Um, and we know Kobe's a gym rat, but I bring uh, I bring it back to Jordan, for example. I mean, I think the vast majority of NBA fans and people that would be listening to this probably saw The Last Dance. You saw The Last Dance, Andrew. I saw a lot. I some watched of those it behind, multiple times. Some of those behind-the-scenes stuff, Jordan was ripped. Oh, that yeah. That boy was shredded. Dude, Jordan in the 98th season. Was still looking lean and mean. Was he 36? Yeah, like 36-year-old Jordan or something? Yeah, man. Like Lean, but, mean. But at the same time, yeah. I'm not giving MJ any props. You are a professional athlete. I expect that from you. Yeah. That is the bare minimum. Yeah, that's literally like, I mean, in any um, career you go for, any uh, track of life, there's some good and bad. There's some sacrifices you have to make. Professional athlete, very simple. Your sacrifice is maybe don't drink so many mirrors. Maybe don't eat that fried food. At, at least just do, just do stay it in healthy. the off season. If you have an off season and you can get back in shape for training camp, then you can slack off a little bit. Then you don't got to be ripped twelve months out of the year. And I know some people listening are going to go, "Well, listen, you're comparing a Jordan and a Kobe body type to Zion's. That's not really a fair comparison." No, you're right. It's not. But at the same time, uh, you look at Charles Barkley, Shaq, got young, into shape. Young Shaq, young I Shaq. Mean, this is still young Zion, right? Like, yeah. Young Shaq was ripped. Yeah, young totally. Charles Barkley, which I think is actually another very good body comparison to Zion. Yeah. Um, young Charles Barkley. Six pack. Yeah. Totally. He looked lean. And, and, listen, he still, and he still had that large frame, but he was lean. And, up top. It was not easy. Charles came in out of shape. He came in from college out of shape. And his coach at the time said, listen, man, you got to mm-hmm. get in, to, into playing weight. Yeah. And he went out and did it. Yeah. I so, think. Anyway. Now, I think a lot of this comes down to immaturity. Just he is a 20 year old coming into a lot of money, just starting to learn the ropes of the NBA and I, I think a lot of people are at him and he's got a lot of opportunities that not a lot of other people have and I think this this uh, uh, quarantine has not has done him a disservice or has not allowed the Pelicans 
to be as as on top of him as they would like. I think in a normal scenario, if I was uh, um, uh, David Griffin, their GM, or yeah. whoever runs this sort of thing, I would have nutritionists and people on him all the time. Like, look, Zion, great guy. We're taking care of your meals and your training regimen. You just do it. Yeah. And we'll make sure that you're all and right. And we'll like, know if you're not doing it. Because yeah. losing weight is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Calories in, calories out. If you're eating something you shouldn't be, we're going to know. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, I wonder how he'd be, had somehow Miami gotten the first overall pick. I'm, sh- I'm sure you're aware of this, but Miami, out of all the teams, is the most meticulous about uh, training and how uh, in shape their players are. They take body fat percentages on weekly basis, bases, like by daily, like daily bases, like James Johnson was sat out parts of seasons when he came back because he was out of shape and they're like, you're, you have too much body fat. You, you can't play. It comes down a little bit to professionalism and there's a certain level of, uh, of, um, health that we expect from you. If Zion was on that team, this would not fly. This would not have flown at all. Yeah. And, New Orleans, a little bit more not known as as good, well-run a franchise. And in their own way, they're kind of letting him know that, like, this is this is not good, Zion. Don't the Pelicans and the Saints share ownership? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look it up. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's the same. Because I remember for a long time, like, they were sharing certain training facilities. Maybe. I mean, they live in the same city. But go on. Finish your point. I um, assume you had a point with that. I think I did have a point with that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, sorry. That point was on to your point that, yeah, they're sort of a younger franchise, not run as well as, as a more established Miami Heat, um, not as established front office. I mean, Pat Riley's been around, so he's he's keeping a tight ship over there. Now that everyone's on, before we leave, something else I want to talk to you about. Um, even in the quarantine, obviously his mints were low, but his numbers were still pretty good. Well, he's still a tremendous talent. Tremendous talent, but at the same time, Pels weren't winning games. Even in the games when he did get out there and put up good numbers, they weren't winning games. Mm-hmm. And based on that roster that they had, I think they underachieved. Maybe. Not Maybe. just during the bubble, but even during the regular season before we before we quit. Really? I don't know. I mean... Lonzo should have been... Lonzo's had a bad bubble, but he was doing okay in the regular season. Yeah. Better than his Lakers days. Uh, I think Ingram's having a breakout season. Like, I just think they had a good young core, which in the West should have been better than the 10th, well, 11th seed. Well, let's put it this way. The West is still ex- exceptionally tough. Young core, right? Young players are prone to inconsistency, and although they show flashes, they're not there yet. There's a reason why veterans, a lot of veterans are But if you go lineup for lineup, teams. I would have picked them, their, their lineup over Memphis. Sure, okay. Yeah, but Memphis is sitting, and I love Jay Morant. Love him. John Morant's great. Like, he's going to be unbelievable going forward. But maybe you're underrating guys like, I mean, Brandon Clark, who's looked really good. Am I underrating Brandon Clark, though? Like, is that really... I don't know. I mean, they're both young, uh, they're both young uh, rosters, um, but, I mean, one has shown out over the other. Now, Frank, I mean, also, a lot has to be said about the fact that Zion missed the vast majority of the season, so had he been there the entire time, I mean, Phoenix, maybe. I mean, uh, the Pelicans probably look a lot better. So that, that has to play with it a lot. So the point they, I'm trying to make is that although the sample size is really small, and I get it, it's super premature and totally unfair to do this, but I'm going to ask it anyway because we're talking about it. 
Is Zion on his way to being an empty stats guy? No. I don't okay. believe so. Way too early to say. I know, but I figured I'd put it out there because, like, the small but he's sample not putting size up big had, enough. It's not like he's putting up 30 points and stuff and they're still losing. Do you know why he's not putting up 30 points, though? Because he's not getting the minutes. He well, put yeah. up, he, he goes, like, 10 of 12 for 20 points. He, did he had that, that like stat line, like, two, twice. Two, he had some two bad days games. ago. Look, too early to sell. I mean, come back to me after first, like, his second full season, like, uh, his first full season. Hopefully he's in shape. If he comes back next year and he's out of shape again and it's not looking good, then we can discuss. But do like, you honestly think there's going to be a time when you see him and go, wow, he looks great? Yes, I do. I think he will always have the same body type. I don't see a change going for this guy. Well, he's gained weight from his Duke days and he's gained weight from his high school days. Oh, I know he's got no problem gaining weight. I'm saying you I'm see saying, it going the other way. But like what I'm saying is that he was there at one point. I, I just think that no more kitty gloves, you know, just... I guess time to time to be tough. Some tough love for for Zion for once, you know. Sure. Um, and I think the franchise is going to tell him like it's time to uh, it's time to take it seriously. And frankly, he may take it seriously. Um, sometimes criticism can really light a fire under someone's butt. He's a I'm yeah. sure he's a very competitive guy. I'm sure. I mean, it's hard not like he can't be happy with where his body is right now. No, and I'm sure he's not loving the hate that he's getting across national TV No, no TV one likes either. to be hate. Like, James Harden, for example, legendarily poor defensive player. Actually, there was a stretch where he started playing better, and a lot of people on the like, insiders, uh, you read like some media guys or listen to some media guys on their own podcasts, would characterize it that their theory is that he got ripped so hard online. Like, you see those things where... Those uh, clips of James Harden loot, lo- like connect um, controller lost batteries, yeah, where he's yeah, just yeah. like forgetting about guys. Yeah. He got ripped so so hard. He's like, well, shit. Like I gotta start defending because totally. this is ridiculous. Man, you and I and like everybody listening and everybody out there, we're all on social media. We're seeing like these memes and the jokes made about these guys. These guys are in our age group. Like they're seeing the same thing we're seeing. Well, they're seeing it even more because I'm. No one's taking videos of me. But if I knew people were taking videos of me, I might want to look and see what people are saying about me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these guys see, I guarantee you, the vast majority of these guys see the good and the bad. They oh, see, they see all, all the shit that's talking about Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll so, see. Listen, if, if Zion shows up looking like, I don't know, looking lean, mean, like, what is his play? What, 230? No, he can't get down. 245? I would like to see him get down, like... What he weigh in Duke? Whatever he wore, like, I think 250, 260. Like, look, he's a big guy. He's always going to be a big boy. Yeah. But 285 is too much. Like, let's get it down. Like, he could definitely lose 20 pounds easy. Frankly, I think, like, go for a fucking walk. And he would shed some weight. Or lose the minutes restriction. Well, no, but you don't want to hurt him, right? That's, it's, you, heavy pounding on his knees, right? Like, go for a walk. Eat some carrots. Like... <laughs> Um, like that bull, that Bill Burr thing talking about fat shaming, like go for a walk, eat an apple. You ate your way in. You can walk your way out. That's great. I love Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think walk your way out was the name of that special. No, it wasn't the name of that special. No, no. Wasn't walk your way out. No, no. All right. I can look that up. Yeah. Bill Burr, <laughs> maybe the best. Um, okay. I've well, seen. I get, do you want to talk about the Spurs at all? I mean, they're um, in that as well. Or the, the Suns. Suns are playing great. There's nothing more to say. They're 6-0. They could go, uh, I guess there's only two more regular season games left. They could lose them both yeah, by a Devin million Booker points. looking good, but all NBA, player, all NBA fans knew he was pretty good already. Um, Just before we move on from Zion, I'm reading an article from the Washington Post 
Uh, so Zion Williams says he gained 100 pounds in two years. He says when he was, was 175 point? freshman year. In high school. Yeah. Well, okay, big boy. <laughs> Jeez. Good for him. <laughs> I don't know. Probably made him into the NBA star that he was. I mean, the, the basketball star that so he I'm was. So I'm looking at a picture of him at Duke. Um, and I'll throw this up for everybody to see. But I'm just going to show Chris right now. This is what he looked like at Duke. Looking good. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah. So basically got drafted into the NBA and then just ate his way through his rookie contract. <laughs> his way already through his rookie contract. Yeah. Uh, coach, I'm, I'm out of money. I'm already three, three years yeah. of first overall m- money in, in the hole. flurries. Yeah. Like to... Anyway. Well... I don't know what he eats, but I guess... I am I'm, rooting for him, though. Yeah. Seems like a good kid. Don't know what he eats, but I guarantee you there's probably a lot of stuff he could easily take out of that that, that diet there. Yeah. Um, um, I don't want to talk So I don't want to talk about this, uh, the Spurs. I don't think they're going to make it in. No. Good for DeMar for playing well. He had a good Spurs, season. Yeah. I think this actually... Time is up for the Spurs is basically what I think. Spurs so. made the playoffs last year? Yeah, they did. So this ends the streak? Yep. 22 years? Something that, I don't know. Yeah. Good run, but need a little bit of a rejig. And that'll happen eventually. Uh, I'm surprised Popovich has stayed around post the Tony Parker, Ginobili, Duncan era. Yeah, I don't know. He, I, he's running at the end of his run. I think he'll retire pretty soonish, but we'll see. I think he, like, why not just retire and just do Team USA? It seems know. like a natural transition. I don't know. Maybe he just really loves coaching. Maybe he likes the guys. I mean, he's earned the uh, he's earned the spot where basically San Antonio he will coach there until he feels like he doesn't want to anymore. And he hasn't made that decision yet. So, like, dude, he won five championships with them. You can coach as long as you want. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just Unless surprised. he becomes, like, old and senile, and then it's like, okay, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe. I think, look, I think he's in the last few years of his run. Probably. So enjoy him while he lasts. You want to talk some Raptors? Um, yeah, we'll touch on Raptors really quick. Look, they're, they're looking good, um, looking focused. I like uh, their mentality going into the, the bubble arguably the best team or one of the best teams definitely the way they're looking in the bubble didn't like the way they got smacked by boston but that's a one game sample size and we just shot like garbage i don't yeah. read too much into it i'm not worried i do think the raptors are the single best team in the bubble today well that defense plays no matter what um especially when they're engaged um i think siakam's a little rusty and uh some of his like i think it's taking him a little longer to um identify certain coverages against him he's making some poor mistakes shooting a little poorly but you know still a very good player and uh overall like like these bubble seeding games they don't matter um well i think our our first round matchup is pretty much set it's gonna be the nets which i love i thought i mean the nets cakewalk like come yeah, on five games gentlemen sweep I, I say, but we can we can discuss that at a playoff preview pod. I mean, there's not going to be much to discuss. It's going to be in and out for the Nets. Yep. Um, a testament to some of their players that they didn't just get like bulldozed out in general. Like how they kept that seventh seed. Everyone thought they go. Uh, I thought it was going to be an Orlando repeat. Yeah. Um, but that's the way it goes. So I am I am slightly worried though about the Raptors. I think the big question is. Is their defense good enough to make up for their lack of offense? That is the key question because our half-court offense is quite poor. It's poor um, because we're not set up for half-court offense. We're we, a very good transition yeah, we offense don't, team. Yeah, we don't have the half-court talent to get buckets. 
No, we just basically swing it around and hope we get an open three um, or a cutter. Great ball uh, movement. We'll see. Right? We're great in transition. We'll just need, look, you need a little luck to win a championship. Um, I think we'll just have to hope that play great D and certain guys get hot at the right times. We all know in the playoffs, game slows down, a lot more half-court offense. Yeah. Um, that's why having that one guy you can go to to get you buckets in the half-court, i.e. Kawhi, yep. was really the, the well, deciding factor. I, I don't see it this way. I think our offense lives and dies with Kyle. I think if he's off, I don't think we can we can make it happen without him. I think we need Kyle, Kyle to take the lead offensively. Well, define off, because Kyle has very effective games where he doesn't score necessarily. I think... Off is in, he can't go one of nine for three. Because You're it's right. very possible, right? Yeah, that's true. He's equally as capable of making six out of seven as he is going all of seven. We're such a grinded team. Like, we're... I think... I don't know. I could, other than our first round series, I could win us if if we won the championship. I could see us winning like three straight seven game series where we just you got you still got to win the series. Obviously, you have to beat them four times out of seven. That defense plays really hard. There's gonna be games like I don't see us going out easy. We'll see. It just depends on whether guys like can make shots, whether we find um, uh, advantageous matchups. We know Nick Nurse is he's not showing his cards in this bubble. No. I mean against Boston. We did get smacked, but Nick Nurse isn't showing his tricks. No, he's not. not he's not. not he's not telling. He's not letting uh, Brad Stevens know what he's got up his sleeve. Uh, same thing with the Bucks. We're not. They're not going to show their cards. Um, that's the thing about going into a series. That's when you really decide, like the matchups and everything. And the nice thing about Toronto is that, especially defensively, we got multiple guys to throw out anything you have. You got LeBron. We got. OG, we got Siakam, we got Serge Ibaka. We got great I mean, team defense. We got defense yeah. on the bench, off the bench. Any, any star you have, we have multiple guys to throw at you for a spell. And I think that's really important. We can defend any type of team. And offensively, I think we're good enough. And we know our we know our, our guys. Like, they've been together for a little bit now. There will be more to say on the Raptors as the playoffs go through. Yeah, this is not when... I mean, even the Lakers that we touched about... This is not where we make our um, our uh, final determinations about these teams, most of the teams. This is a preamble for the real show, which is the NBA playoffs. Which will start soon enough. Yeah, by uh, I think it's like the end of this week. I mean, most teams only have a couple regular season games yeah. left anyway. Yep, it's getting down to the wire and uh, playoffs are coming soon, so that's nice. Okay, um, so to finish off this pod, uh, this little exercise we did, uh, because some of the players have decided that it's a good idea, um, some by accident, some definitely on purpose, to break quarantine, uh, we've decided to do a little uh, fun game. Uh, We're given reasons, some good reasons, why an NBA player may want to break quarantine. But first, Andrew, you want to go on a little rant as well. Yeah, so I'm going to set this up. Um, since the NBA players entered the bubble, uh, three guys have already managed to break quarantine. We got uh, is it Rashawn Holmes? Rashawn, yeah. Rashawn? Yeah, this Rashawn. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, this guy makes national news by breaking quarantine. I still don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name. That's okay. But anyway, this guy crossed some imaginary boundary to pick up some uber eats so I'm sure he, it's he a broke lot quarantine. I, i'm sure it's a lot more noticeable than imaginary well yeah i mean his, his apology was pretty funny like i don't think adam silver drew the line in chalk 
Like, I think you should have. Could you imagine? Yeah. This is the line. Nobody pass it. He spent the entire, like, he's been spending months just drawing around the, uh. Well, let me tell you how long (laughs) that would take. So, you're not leaving this boat by accident. And the reason that is, is because, do you know how big Disney World is? Well, it's huge. I don't have a good idea where the NBA players are in it, but. It's, okay. Disney World itself, 100 square kilometers. Oh, wow. That's here to bury. And then across to Peterborough. That is just Disney World. Mm. You're not stumbling out of that by accident. Okay? You're either making... You gotta get in a car. You gotta drive out of there. You don't end up, like, two miles outside the bubble. Like, how did I get... Am I not in the... I'm not in there anymore. Okay, but... Why would Rashawn Holmes drive somewhere? He was getting, like, an Uber Eats type thing. But they can't come in the bubble, right? uh, So he went outside... It's so ridiculous. he got him as close to possible as the bubble, and then he came outside to get his wings. Right. Broke quarantine. Wow. Okay. Anyway. Ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, on. Next one. Former Raptor. Bruno Caboclo. This is pretty funny. Houston arrived in the bubble on the 13th of July. By the 15th, Bruno had already broken quarantine. Hmm. Uh, quote from Chris Vernon from the Ringer NBA show. He says, I have friends that are still friends with Bruno from his time in Memphis. He was hungry, and he left his room to ask about getting more food. He went downstairs and asked about how he could get more food instead of calling from his room. And the people downstairs were like, what are you doing? You just broke quarantine. That's how Bruno found out that he was not (laughs) supposed to be out of his room. Oh, because they had just gone and they had the bubble for a bit. Ten days. Ten days in your room. Okay. Didn't do it. Hey, I'm a hungry man. Like, I can kind of understand that. But honestly, like, pretty hungry for a guy that only played 200 minutes of garbage time basketball. He's a big guy anyway. Worked up quite an appetite for sitting on the bench for 50 games. You'd be surprised at the appetite I work up for someone who's been, like, sitting at home for the last few months in quarantine. Bruno Caboclo, most notably known for being two years away from being two years away. Yeah. How many years away is he now? uh, He's, He's like, two years after that four-year time Yeah, he's arrived. He's arrived, if you didn't know. Uh, How's Um, that looking? Okay, well, and I... There's one more. One more. Uh, as, as many of you know, because it made some pretty big headlines, Lou Williams was excused to leave the bubble for a funeral for a lifelong mentor in Atlanta. Um, on his way back, he made an unscheduled stop at Magic City. Well, you know, you got to pour one out for the guy at a gentleman's club, right? I guess some people just grieve a little quicker than others. I would say grieve a little different than others. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Look, just consoling the soul. Some people... Wipe their tears in uh, Kleenex and Kleenex others in titties. In. Go ahead. I'll let you finish this. Well, I said it. What'd you say? Titties. Yeah, titties. Yeah. I just didn't know if we, this was a pod that would say the word titties. This is now. It is now. I guess we've crossed that boundary. Yeah. Um, this pod is all about crossing boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did you have anything more to say about that? Like, uh, Or just uh, running it down? Pretty funny. It's hilarious. Uh, so out of these three players, it got me thinking... What are some fictional reasons that are worth leaving the bubble? Breaking quarantine, getting blasted on social media, having to quarantine your room for 10 days, costing your team games. Yeah. What are the reasons worth going out? Okay, this is your segment. You go first. I call this segment Escaping the Bubble because I believe it'll be a reoccurring segment because I don't think this is the last we've heard of people breaking quarantine. Okay, yeah, but fair enough. First, give, me, give me your reasons. First reason to leave quarantine you're in the wrong bubble. <laughs> 264 players were invited to the bubble. I have to think at least one of them went to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, L- the LA guy's like, oh shit, in my own backyard? Yeah, this is Fuck awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'll just drive over. 
<laughs> that is reason number one. It's got to happen. It must have happened to somebody. Um, reason number two. You're a member of the Washington Wizards. If you're the Wizards and you're in the bubble, you can just go. Just There's go. really no need to just stay. Just go and stay gone. Just Yeah. You're free now. You get, I mean, I feel bad for the Wizards, guys. Like, they were 24 and 40 before getting there. Now they're 24 and 46. It's hilarious because by winning percentage, they've actually dropped below Charlotte, who wasn't even invited to the bubble. So technically, Charlotte's got the ninth seed now. I don't know if I feel bad for the current Wizards because, I mean, one, like, other than the fact that they're NBA players and they make a lot of money. But if you're talking about just, like, for people who play sports, I remember, like, I was never very good at hockey. Um... And I remember when I was playing House League, uh, when the uh, select players had tournaments on the select teams and they were gone, yeah. I was always like, oh boy, I'm going to get so much run now because like, all the really good players are gone and now it's just us like scrubs and I was one of the better scrubs. Right. Don't mind tooting my own horn, yeah. but I was a good scrub. And so now I get a lot more play. Fun games. Didn't really care if we won. You think the Wizards these are, are these fun? players right now. 100%. You're putting up points, getting some notice. Maybe no some fans. No one's watching the Wizards games. People are like, I don't know, maybe making like get a twenty point game. People are starting to follow you a little bit more on Instagram. You started like DMing some chicks. Like now you got a little more cred. DM chicks that you can't see until you escape the bubble. Well, that's one of my reasons to escape the bubble. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump to you. Point number three. Why would you escape the bubble? To see your side chicks. Right. Look, if you can get out of the bubble by talking about like a mentor passing away, then you go to a gentleman's club then I think you can make up some reasons to leave the bubble. Everyone knows you can't see your family. So don't, you can't see your wife or your girlfriend. And some of these guys are single, but some of these guys are not. But you could see your side chick. I mean, just keep it on the DL. You already kept it on the DL to begin with. Keep it, keep it going. Yeah. I mean, it's just that. Sneak in, sneak out, or sneak her in, sneak her out. I guarantee you some players are thinking about ways to do it right now. 100%. You don't think there's a single side chick inside the Disney compound right now? They probably have them in like their their closet, sister. Their uh... yeah, yeah. Adam Silver comes by, like knocks on the door. It's like, I'll oh, be cool, be cool. <laughs> it's Adam. Yeah, be quiet. Oh yeah, there's definitely some there's something definitely some uh chicanery going around in there. Yeah, I think I think so. I think, but thankfully, one thing that's not going around is COVID. Not yet. Not Zero yet. Zero no. positive tests. Right. How many more weeks until the MLB season is canceled? Do you think? I think they might be able to do it. Really? I think it'll be super weird, but I think they'll be able to do it. But I don't. I don't see how they're going to be able to finish the regular season at the rate that they're postponing games. Like you're going to get to the end and have like 50 games that haven't been played. They're just going to go with it. They're going to go by winning percentage. It's going to be the weirdest season ever. But I think they'll, unless things get much worse than they already were, I think they'll just keep it going. But I'm not talking about MLB. What's your next reason? Um, next reason for leaving the bubble. You ended up in the Chicago bubble. You're one of the eight teams. <sighs> Who ends up in the consolation bubble? Well, that's not really happening now, I think. That was like, I don't even understand why that was a thought about, other than money. Maybe money. But like, even money. I know you and I talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't see the money in doing the Chicago bubble. The cost of actually having to set up the bubble, and then you're only getting local you TV don't, you rights. Don't, you don't see the money? You no. gotta call up Adam Silver. Show me the money! Yeah. <laughs> Show me the money! Like but, st- I mean, it didn't happen. So, I guess Adam Silver also didn't see it? Yeah, well... I don't, maybe Who people, wanted this? It must have been... Well, I think we talked about this already. It must have been the owners of the teams that were left out. And it's like, I want some extra money too. So let's think about creating an extra bubble. Maybe there was an overzealous reporter who talked about it, but I don't think it's happening. Like, well, like the NBA I, sent you, I sent you that report from, example, in The Athletic, where there's, yeah. there's um, 
decreasing momentum on that. I don't think it happens. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen now. They've been talking right. about it for like a month. It was a stupid idea to begin with. But anyway, if for some reason it did happen and you had to go there, I think you, yeah. I think you escape. Do you escape another, if you can. Do you have another reason? Because um, I got one. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, my other reason is to help with your business empire. Most NBA players, uh, when they go in the league now, they're agents, they're, they're uh, uh, entourages. They're, the big thing is now not just be a basketball player, be a business mogul. Like, start your empire. It's, about, it's not just about your career. It's about your post-playing career. And this happens not just for the stars, but for everyone. And for some people, it's ridiculously stupid to even consider having a business empire. So why not double down and be ridiculously, ridiculously stupid and fly out to LA when you should be in the bubble to talk <laughs> about like some stupid ass fucking like business venture it's that possible. you're starting. Like you're starting a media company. Like I'm, I don't know. I love how all these insert so, random dude. I love that they all start media companies, but then don't give any clarification to, into what the, that company actually does. <laughs> like I think Durant's got a media company. I think Kyrie's got a media company. I know LeBron's got a media company. What content? Have I think they if you're first round pick, you automatically also get a media company. I think so too. Yeah, you get it's in the contract. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Listen, that's it. I got no more yeah. points on this. I think I think this is not the last we've heard of people messing up breaking quarantine. I'm sure the hilarity will continue to ensue as well, the season unfolds. It's starting to get to the playoff time, so if someone messes up now, then they're messing up during the playoffs, and that will be some big news. Um, anyway, that's. All I really have to talk about. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the games go. Next time uh, we chat, Andrew, I think it'll be uh, NBA playoff preview. So, listening at home, if you have any other thoughts on reasons to break the bubble, anything we missed, or anything you want to add, hit us up. We'll think about it. We'll throw it up. We'll go from there. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>